All right, you ready? Yeah. All right, cool. <clears throat> Damn. Am I ready? Welcome to the inaugural Indie Book Club podcast. My name is Graydon, and I am joined today by the lovely Ali Muir. How are you doing? I'm alone. <laughs> you are alone. <laughs> Aren't we all alone? Um, and this is because we are playing the critically acclaimed, I think it was critically acclaimed, I'd have to look into that, but I believe it was well-received, indie title, Thomas Was Alone. Now... If you have kept up with anything that I have posted in various places, uh, we spent last week, we played the first five chapters, which was actually chapters zero to four. And like, it's weird that it starts on 0.1. I totally forgot that it did that. So apologies for being misleading, but if anybody went ahead, that's fine. And yeah, we're just going to kind of discuss briefly in in this here podcast that first half of the game and just kind of chat about our feelings on it so uh as i said thomas was alone is a game created by mike bithel it was published by oh published by him as well i thought it was a curve digital game actually i was looking up curve digital earlier now they're just called curve games and they published a ton of indies and still still are doing so um that's good to hear yeah yeah they i think they the last thing they did was that i am fish game they also did just die already they've done things like uh remember manual samuel that was that was a fun one uh they did a lot of games on that came to vita which Kind of brings me to my first question for you. Where did you play this on? I played this on... Well, first, I made made a really bad decision to try playing it on Steam Deck. Um, bad decision it, how? So, it's not... It's it's playable, but not actually, like, not actually supported by Valve, or at least gone around... It hasn't been verified or deemed playable. So I, I had to mess with a bunch of settings within my Steam Deck that docking station stuff. So I had to have it. So to have it go from the regular, like the pre, the native uh, Steam Deck resolution to go to uh, 1080. Okay. So did you end up playing it in that docked mode? So I I played most of the majority like from. From the beginning to 4.3, I was playing. I played most of it on Steam Deck, yeah. But then I realized I just couldn't. Keep, I, it was just it was getting too painful because I would get to a certain point and my controller would just spaz out. Okay, that's no and good. that's yeah. So I ended up playing the remaining seven. Um, Parts of chapter of um, purge on um, on my PC. 
I, okay. I, I think I have it. I own it on uh, Vita. I'm not sure, but speaking of that, uh, listeners, Josh Miller was 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 going to, was going to be a part of this, but his Vita is no longer functional. Yeah, that was really really depressing to hear. I think he said that. It like seemed to be a battery thing, but then it also like that got working and then the sound wasn't working. And yeah, I mean, it stinks. It's hard because it's not impossible to find a Vita these days. I know that a lot of them are like even like a hundred bucks or possibly less at uh, just those little game hobby shops. But it's really a hit or miss on if you want to if you would want to buy one these days, like I'm really, I've always been jealous of Emmett's orange one and I never got, what was the second version? Was it the OLED was the updated? Yeah. Yeah. So I never got an OLED version and I thought about getting just two birds with one stone there. So I might at some point, but yeah, I've got, I've, I have a, uh, an, uh, an OLED Vita, but I, I don't know if Josh mentioned it, whether or not his Vita, the one he like the the said pro- the one that had the problem. I don't know if he said that it was if he made it clear that it was a launch version because my launch Vita had the same exact thing happen where this or at least either had a same thing happen or the screen just got cracked and tra- I charged it and I could hear everything and things make noise. But I couldn't see any, a single thing, and I no longer have that Vita. Oh, yeah, that is indeed a shame. Yeah, I think my Vita is still maybe not launch, but one of the original versions. And the only problem it's really ever had is some slight battery issues, like it just doesn't didn't want to charge, or that that cord was always so flimsy, and. So I had some little issues where I had to like hard reboot it, not not to factory reset, but just like that weird. Remember, you had to hold the home button and the plus button and like get into a weird menu. It was other than that, <laughs> things have still been going OK with my Vita, thankfully. But the the Vita talk is good because that was how I first played this game. And to kind of bring it back to that, that point I was just making, like. I feel Vita, we we all love it here at VGU, and it really did find its niche in the indie space or the or the JRPG space. And I feel like it was just the perfect indie machine for, like I said, those curved digital games they were making. They developed. Um, did you ever play Stealth Stealth Inc? Oh, I own I own Stealth Inc on uh, v- on Vita. Yeah, those both of those games are really really good and they they control really well on the Vita. They're just they're just fun little t- I I remember many a vacation of just loading up those indies and that was how I played some of these crazy things. And and one of them was Thomas was alone and I remember it just really it, it just kept coming to different consoles. It it started as a flash game in 2010. Uh it was then released in 2012 for pc and uh mac and then it has come to linux ps3 ps4 vita xbox one wii u ios android and switch uh 
So they have just kept making these things. And one of the, one of the, my, my favorite, <laughs> one of the things I remember vividly about this game was finishing it on a vacation, crying, and then going and installing it on my mom's phone and being like, you have to play this. And I'm, I'm certain she didn't, but <laughs> just the, the ease of access for anybody to play this game, which really isn't, it's not super difficult. It has, it has a bit of a curve, but I really think that this is, especially for the amount of time that you put into it, this is like two to two and a half hours full game. And it's just perfect for someone really trying out an indie and getting such a good little story out of out of something so minimalist and simplistic like that. And yeah, I mean, my other question that I was going to ask regarding these things is, have you ever played? Well, you hadn't played this game before at all, right? This is technically my first the first game I played that that Mike Bethel made that made. All right. Well, that was my second question to it was if you had ever played a Bithel game, because I mean, Mike Bithel's still out there doing things. Uh, most notably this year, he made uh, Tron Well, he and his team at Bithel games made uh, Tron identity, which yeah. it was, it, I, I played it at least one round. I did because it's really big for replaying it a narrative driven I mean, visual novel in a sense, and it's it's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it for something like a switch or I mean, this would have been again, it would have been a perfect Vita game. But yeah, Bithel also made volume, which was a Vita exclusive or was that did that come to console? Um, I think it's on. I think I'm pretty sure. It is it's 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 no longer a. um Vita exclusive. It's it's on um, Steam, as far as I know. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. What, what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, and I, the, oh, go ahead. No, I just I can't believe that Thomas was alone came out in 2012. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm simultaneously shocked and not shocked at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I was shocked that it was a Flash game two years before that. Like a a lot a lot of these games we find were were Flash games before. I don't know where you would have found them. I I wasn't playing like uh, my friend Pedro was another one that started off as a Flash game. I wasn't playing it there, <laughs> and I didn't know about it until it was a console game. But that's really like that new grounds or. Uh, I don't know, addicting games, I guess. Like the, the, that was the world of people trying to see what works and really getting their start at just making these easy little games. And that's really cool. I mean, then the mobile space really brought that to light, let them, let them expand upon those skills. And then we get little gems like this one. So I knew that I wanted to revisit this game. I knew that I, ever since I thought up Indie Book Club, I was like, I want to start with this game because it's something so short. Probably most people have access to it because it's been, I believe it was a PS Plus game and it's available on everything for so cheap all the time. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Even 
it's just a cheap game in general. Like it's like nine ninety nine on Steam, as far as I know. Yeah, and I, I believe uh, Wario sixty four still still mentions it when it's on sale, and I've seen it be like four dollars on Switch, probably even Steam too in the sales, but it goes down to just a couple of bucks, and it's. I mean, it's that's that's perfect for people who think, oh, this game's not long enough to be worth my money. Like <laughs> that's yeah. that's the perfect price. But also thinking like that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you spend money, you spend your money on what you want to spend it on. But this game is not it. I mean, it's one of those ones that is so that's why I love narrative based things or really strong narratives. Because you can just go back to them every couple of years, completely forget all about it, and then relive that that journey again. So this is just a fun one to keep going back to every so often. And and now we're here. This all seemed a little dangerous. The world was not to be trusted. It was unstable, and it seemed to Thomas that it could let him down at any moment. So looking at my my little docket here i think i'm gonna kind of read off a little synopsis of what we saw and we can just kind of chat about how we thought with each chapter so we begin with chapter one or rather chapter 0.1 i guess is the first part uh it's it's called spawn this whole chapter and yeah thomas begins his journey alone taking notes on his newfound life he wonders why he is here and where he's going, and he also learns that the world is a dangerous and unforgiving place. A test, sort of. Thomas is becoming smarter, a skilled jumper, and he considers the world a training exercise, albeit a lonely one. So I guess I'll just like ask, what was your first thought going into this? Like, Had you ever played a game similar like to this? Yeah. No. Or... The okay, this is gonna this is gonna sound um, this is not it's gonna be a very me answer. <laughs> the the only game that I've that this reminded me of was Super Meat Boy. Okay, no, that's a very uh, I think a very common answer for if if you asked anyone about this game, it's got that that style. Uh, it's very, I mean, like I said earlier, it's not super hard. Like, I feel like you say Super Meat Boy and people think, oh, it's like unforgiving, but it just has that it it's it's got a very forgiving system. I think the levels are so short. Oh, no, no, it's it has nothing to do with um, difficulty. Nothing like it has nothing to do with difficulty. The jumping is mainly the jumping uh, jumping system and the just the overall feel of it, like. Uh, Super Meat Boy, I got heavy, heavily into back when I when I was in high school, mm -hmm. like right when I dropped when it came out on Xbox 360 or XBLA. Yeah. And okay, so you know, um, with game with Super Meat Boy, Mario, Mario Brothers, they have the certain like they have each every time every time you jump, there's a certain arc you can pretty much draw on or draw over with with like a line paper yeah yeah i feel that it this game like the jumping in this or the platforming in this game 
reminds me like it has that very has that that uh, feeling to it mm-hmm. yeah it's very um what i like about the characters and the variation is that all of them seem to have their own limits of like some of them can only jump this high or some of them can only move this fast and you really get that variety of gameplay out of what you're talking about and it just makes that platforming feel fresh every time like you really do feel as though you're controlling a party of characters that can do different things and that's super unique for something like this where you would typically be playing one one character that controls a certain way and maybe gets like abilities over time that change the way that they traverse but you're here like not to spoil it but i think that that kind of stays the same for the most part like everyone's just gonna this person's gonna jump like this the whole game this person's gonna do this but it's really it's rely on each other's skills and that's what makes this game feel so different and i really enjoy that have you ever played celeste I have not. I have it installed on Switch and I think Steam. Are there no Steam or Epic Games? Epic Games Store. Um, okay. And did you beat Meat Boy? You gotta. Ref- you gotta rephrase. Yeah. Gotta... <laughs> yeah, I do have to rephrase that. My God, <laughs> did you? <laughs> did you beat Super Meat Boy? The game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I beat I beat the game, but or six uh, fifteen sixteen year old me beat the game. But if I if I try it again, just at, at my age and my adult reflexes, it would not be the it would not, it would be very difficult. Yeah, no, I get that because like Celeste definitely offers a challenge that is more akin to Super Meat Boy. But it has a narrative that is really, really good, like to the point that I I might even throw that into IBC later on, just because that would be fun to go back and do. And this would just I, I think that you might really enjoy that one. Um, oh, I, I know. I, I know I will, because I've heard I've seen people I have seen it on lists of people like saying this, this how this how the game helps with um certain like it appeals to certain certain people or certain variety of people who have certain issues yeah are you do you mean like the uh the mental health aspect of it all yeah yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of really good depictions with uh anxiety and grief and it's just a really good story for that kind of thing i feel like in terms of mental health i've, I've really wanted to play spirit fairer I remember that Josh really liked that game and that does a lot of touches a lot on that too. But yes, alas, these are games for other times. So um, yeah, just, just a game that I think would be a stellar uh, indie book club episode or mm-hmm. one. The, the first Hellblade. Ooh, because that, yeah, that, when I was going through, when I was going through some of my dark days in like 2017, 2018, I I played, I tried the game, I I played tried, played it on PC, and with headphones as as it's recommended, have they heavily recommended by the developers, mm-hmm. 
and yeah that game is it makes it it does for it's kind of what celeste would be if it were like it it's it's in like a higher echelon in terms of production and overall overall storytelling yeah i mean now it's considered a first party title right yeah the the second one will be The, the second one yeah but obviously it left such an impact on on xbox to be to have them be acquired but yes that is hellblade is quite the journey and i think it's not too long either but it would be it would be fun to revisit that one maybe we can do that like when we finally have a good time frame on the second one (laughs) we can we can do have that lined up so that we can get everybody in on it because that is a crazy time and that would be cool to see how how it affects everybody. It's just a weird, it's a weird experience. I've definitely heard a lot of people have different opinions. So we move on to chapter two, dubbed Array. Christopher is spawned, which I've, I have them written down. So Thomas is a red rectangle because this is, this is important with Thomas was alone. We're yeah, talking about yeah. shapes. Uh, we're talking about these, these AI that are in the form of, in the form of uh, multicolored shapes. And that's really all we're looking at. (laughs) There's some water, there's some particle effects, and it really just needs to be experienced to be believed. There are some blades that will mess you up. There are. There's some some spikes and some blades and some moving platforms and maybe a pixel cloud in there that... (laughs) Yes, it's... That's actually what, 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 in particular like really got me in terms of how like the, the game's charm is how simple and minimalist it is. Yeah. And there's really, yeah. it's, it's considering it, it's beginnings and origin. I'm really glad that there hasn't been, I'm, this is why I like video games, like rather than mm-hmm. films where obviously the, the, the big thing is, revisions of famous a big like of cult movies or big movies that something is lost in the revitalization of it so yeah no it's definitely one of those like hopefully untouchable experiences and i mean i was having this existential crisis the other day where i thought now in a world where every game is like recorded into let's play form and you can just watch any game like a movie on YouTube. I was just thinking like, why, why do we even really need to play video games anymore? (laughs) But then like you look at something like this and just the pacing and the unknown is really what, what takes you into us to a, a game and experience. And so seeing things like how how much time you want to spend with these characters with these levels and especially something with a challenge like this where it's really about overcoming every level and really getting through the next one and building that story based off of what you've put into it is rewarding and it's a lot different than just seeing it as a movie that's like you say that's why that's why games are really cool. You get to live that experience. So even though this game is the the length of a basic movie, um, you can really just you, you make it your own 
with something so out of something so small and and simplistic as this so so we yeah we have thomas our red rectangle and now christopher an orange square is spawned very jealous of thomas's jumping at first they rely on each other to reach new heights but christopher has a hard time accepting thomas finding him arrogant even hating him at times he hopes they don't have to be together forever but thomas admires the companionship and the challenge John arrives very confidently. John is a yellow long rectangle <laughs> and with great jumping ability and speed. He cares for the others immediately and sees them as enhancements to his skills. As the narrator states, he decides to keep them. So uh, I mentioned it a little there, but how do you feel about the the narration in general? Oh, so... um. This was one of the things that was one of the catalysts for a certain thing that is going to be happening with the on the site. Get some red stuff that we're mm. going to do because uh, Danny Wallace, who is the narrator for this game, I know that name. He 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 plays. He also plays uh, Sean Hastings in Assassin's Creed. Oh, that is him. Yeah. Oh my goodness, wow. Yeah, he's kind of a prolific voiceover artist, I feel. Um, he's he's actually more of a he's known for his for his comedic like for his actually this I this I found I learned which I just he um he began writing reviews for video game magazines at the age of 13 for schoolwork experience. Oh wow! So he's he's heavily invested in this industry. Yeah, but well, he he mainly he started writing uh, comedy at like like or when he was eighteen. Wow. He then yeah he then worked at the BBC and was part of uh, Dead Ringers. He was he he was the original producer of the Mighty Boosh. Why do I know that name? Um, the Mighty Boosh is a series with um, Noel Fielding. Oh, jeez! And it was it, and it, it ran on. I think um, the whole thing was basically a. It was just. It, it's one of the best comedy shows that's that that's actually aged kind of well. Okay. And he ended up. He's he's done he's done a lot, and looking at and just yeah it's I came into this whole thing without without any idea what was like I had I had no expectations, and you've seen me you know from from me letting like t- typing this in the chat so just how much I hate puzzles and games. Mm-hmm. The puzzles in this game, and even just the even just the rudimentary ones, I was enjoying every like I was literally enjoying every minute of of the first half of the game. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I really think it is to be commended for how accessible it is, and I I'm a, I'm a similar way. I mean, I I've come around to saying that I really do enjoy puzzle games. But I think that there's a certain 
there's definitely a certain limit where I'll just be like, I'm not, I'm not finishing this. <laughs> like I just, I cannot do this, but this is really, this one is super easy to get behind and not too daunting. And it's just one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It can feel at times like a get good situation, but I mean, the, the biggest thing that I saw to kind of, uh, skip ahead to one of my later things i did have a kind of glitchy experience in certain spots i was playing on ps4 this time and i didn't remember it being so 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 glitchy in certain areas particularly there was one one level where i had to ride platforms they were they were up and down platforms on the left and right side and you had to kind of wait for them to come around. There was like five different ones to jump to and you had to bring all of the shapes across all of these platforms and they all jump in different ways. And I would put them, if I had them anywhere on like the rightmost 50%. Oh, was, I, I know, I, I know what you're talking about. They would get bumped off. Yeah. They would start to slide. And yeah, I, when that happened, I I just basically just plan, like planned around it. Like I ended up just going. You know what? I'll I, at a certain point I because they all have their limitations. I ended up rather than going in the order I would normally do of the best ones will go like the the ones that can get there easier will. I'll go. I'll do that. Go that route first. I did the reverse and had um, Chris. And a character, a character who I don't think has shown up yet, or or we haven't gotten to yet. Is it a certain bouncy one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bouncy one was kind of my friend in that situation exactly because, again, they had to kind of hang over the edge, which would start them sliding. But I would just be like, "Go, go, go!" <laughs> Send everybody bouncing. <laughs> because because that's another little thing is like you kind of realize over time that some of these levels are just like just just screw it and, and then throw yeah. it at a wall and see what sticks which is very like it can be chaotic and sometimes in the back of your head think is this game broken but like it'll it'll always work i mean there's certain um an another character that i haven't mentioned yet that can like that can go in the water. It's very and, buoyant. Yeah, very buoyant. And they can jump on the water. And so sometimes I would just kind of like, I, I find myself doing a lot of jump and then I'll put someone on top of a platform on top of another character, have them jump quickly switch to the other one, have them jump to boost up the one I'm not controlling. And, and you're just kind of like, especially with a controller, just smashing buttons until you get on a platform and then you're just like all right deep breath <laughs> like yeah um the the one nearing the end of um chapter four when things started getting really heavy in terms of um like the drama or the storytelling there's certain like the certain part where you have to quickly go into like quickly bounce between characters and I was, I was freaking out. I was, I was not, free, uh, I was getting very nervous very easily. 
<laughs> because one had to be on the water, one had to be above the water, and, and there was a certain thing that was happening that would, if you if a certain thing was closing in on said characters, and I was it was just it, it the thing is. While I didn't, I while I was very nervous and overall happy once it was over, I totally would have done it again because it was just interesting to see how process the did the challenge of doing that particular uh, puzzle. Yeah, you just kind of like, and that's the fun part of replaying this. I think is you can really see how many ways that there are to do this, and and the joy of talking about it now is like there's so many ways to go about completing these puzzles sometimes i think there's one where the narrator kind of mentions oh there's so many <laughs> there's tons of things you yeah. can do here and and that's just really cool because you're just handed like a a bag of characters and it's like go for it see what sticks so and and like you said there's it's really not very stressful like you really don't feel anxious doing things there are some that feel a bit more timed one in particular maybe the one you're talking about where there's just rising water and you kind of got to fit through gaps but other than that like it doesn't it doesn't feel super anxious one of my favorite ones is when a character is falling like kind of free falling yes yes that that moment was actually that uh, it felt like a nice a nice change of pace yeah it was exactly exactly and i will mention that when that appears um so, yeah, so we move on to chapter 012, chapter 2, Origin. Claire appears. Claire is a large blue square, falling to her doom upon crumbling pillars. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was actually a really good fake out. Yeah, did that, like, get you? <laughs> like, yeah, oh. I was like, I was like, okay, okay, is, is this gonna... Uh, and I like that I... I didn't try to see if I could just jump off the side. Oh, I wonder. And I, yeah, and I don't even know if that that was that was a potential option, but I just figured, you know what, I'll see where this goes. And I was, I should have fi- figured it out based on just how, just how things work with that particular shape. <laughs> True. And how how just. Just how things work with it's just mainly mainly how it's physics. <laughs> yes, yeah, how yes, yeah, how physics work works. <laughs> like of course it does, and and it works great because uh, she hits the water and survives miraculously. And this this works. Also, yeah, go ahead. This the whole thing, the whole narration of the by Danny Wallace of this particular stretch um, was my favorite. Yeah, there's a lot of good humor in it that just kind of works deadpan wise. <laughs> it felt okay. So this felt, and this, this if I if I played the game before playing the game I'm about to mention, I'd probably feel think of the reverse, the opposite. Of what I was gonna say, I was getting vibes. I was getting like feelings of Steve Merchant in Portal Two, but upped in terms of. Um, upped in terms of performance, like in terms of bombast. Definitely, I can see that. Another one is uh, Stanley Parable. Yes, yes. Like just that. I mean, I know they're 
all three of them are British, <laughs> which, yeah. which helps. But just that like omniscient narrator that just makes fun of you <laughs> your expense in a way. But also, I mean, I feel the Thomas was alone. One is a bit more endearing and wants to see them uh, succeed. Succeed. Yeah. Which, which is different than the, the contrast of the, I was referring to them in my notes as cutscenes, but before every chapter, there's like a, there's a quote that comes from whoever made this AI program. And that's really where you're getting your exposition of the overall story. Um, they mentioned things like the emergence event. And later on, they mentioned that Thomas is special and like you're, you're kind of seeing it's foreshadowing how things will probably wrap up. Honestly, I, I forget how it ends, so I can't even accidentally spoil it. But good, good. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, it's it's interesting because you see that to start off the chapter and you're like, what did I just read? <laughs> and then you just go into, oh, well, we're back here with our, our shape friends. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, that that kind of narration is really neat where they're part of the game and uh and I get what you mean with Portal 2. It's like, especially for at least that first half where he doesn't know yeah. what's going on. Um, it's it's, yeah, very similar. And it's it, it just brings you along. So, uh, yeah. As, oh, good. And I was just, I was just going to say that. With Portal 2. It's a bit of that until the turning point in Portal 2, where it, it goes back to how things were in Portal 1, mm-hmm. whereas with uh, Stanley Parable, it's more of a Truman Show type experience. Yes, I agree. He's a bit more omniscient. Yeah, or, or um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was a Will, uh, Will Ferrell movie where it's very, it's uh, Emma Thompson's in it. Uh, oh, that one where he's a, he's a writer? No, no, or she, no. She's the writer, and he, he's the character. The character she's trying to kill off in her book, but oh yeah, it's like re- read it and not read it and weep. That's a Disney Channel movie. <laughs> oh man, Will Ferrell, Emma Thompson movie. It is Stranger Than Fiction. Yes, I. That is, yeah, because I mean that, yeah, because that that is arguably my favorite Will Ferrell movie. That is a good movie. Yeah, just that crazy. I mean, another one that I just thought of is Little Big Planet. Does that? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, with Stephen Fry again. British narrator who adds humor and a bit of a all-knowing a- aspect. But I think that uh, Little Big Planet's a bit similar to this, where he's kind of like, "Oh yes, now you've done this," and he he ushers you along, but not in a way that's condescending just wants you to want you to succeed and when thomas was alone it feels a lot like the narrator is another character and i like that a lot um so yeah so she hits the water and survives she insists she has superpowers this is claire and daydreams about her costume and superhero name as she meets the others leading them to safely safety along the way even considering thomas as a sidekick she ultimately chooses Diabolical Chris as her supervillain. <laughs> Over time, Chris disappears, then the others, and she is left alone. Thomas appears, and they complete the same mission twice, which baffles Claire. 
that was a weird little moment where it's like you do that i think it's that final part of chapter two where you do a mission and then thomas shows up and then you do the mission again and so far it hasn't really been hinted at again i mean we see our our antagonists in the next chapter but we don't have that like why was there a glitch in the system like that was that was odd uh, I want to see if there's a, a note I had on that. Uh, bah, bah. No, not really. Should I move on to the next chapter, or did you want to say something about those missions? Uh, no, let's move on to the next chapter because, or the only thing, the only thing I will say, it felt very, it felt very deja vu, and like, um, I'm bringing up another game. But only in terms of like not because this game is because uh, I, I only played a little bit of that game and that was well, well over fifteen years ago. <laughs> um, the way you're going through the world, uh, the that like you're going through the the game, like through each protagonist, or for, or for this at least for the for the that mission for the mission, or another mission the the chapter. At level. At level. I imagine it's more like Echochrome. Oh. Where it's Claire does her her thing, and while Claire's doing her thing, the whole thing is the whole machine is turning, like or spin, turning and rotating, and Thomas comes through after doing whatever he was doing. So I imagine it's more of like their paths intersect. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I feel I, that. But then, yeah, then things go off the rails. Yeah, Echo Chrome is great. That was one that I I used to play that demo a lot. And then I think I bought it, but I haven't I never really finished it much. I did recently play Monument Valley for the first time, which is very, very similar. And yeah, just another another great game with weird like optical illusion, trippy environments. I get a chance to play view, viewfinder. Yes, viewfinder is one I definitely want to play. What's the other one? Um, manifold garden. Yeah, yeah, that's one. All those weird little puzzle games. Oh, there's so many things. I want to play Talos Principle because the second one just came out. Oh man, these I love puzzle games, dude. Oh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so chapter three, <laughs> games chapter three, our chapter four, <laughs> called associations. Chris is back and we meet Laura, who is a long purple rectangle, a horizontal long magenta rectangle. That's that's how I described her. Um, so we meet Laura, who knows of his existence, but fears them ever meeting because they kind of show up on two different planes and she's she's kind of weary of what will happen if they meet. Laura also knows of the, quote, ominous pixel cloud following her that has finally shown itself to us. Chris can bounce atop Lara, and she begins to have feelings for him. <laughs> that sounds gross, but it's not. <laughs> They're shapes. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. Um, missing him when they're apart. Chris is absolutely smitten as well, but their current situation with the pixel cloud leaves them wary. Eventually, they meet up with the gang again, to Chris's dismay. Chris's whole thing is that he's kind of grumpy all the time, but... Lara brings out a different side in him. 
The others seem to like her bounciness, but they don't really care for her and talk to her like Chris does. He finds them rude, but they simply fear her pixel cloud. Lara likes them back, though, and by the end of Chapter 3, the whole gang is back together. So, I mean, a bit more of a nicer one, but you finally get that that enemy presence, which, again, I not to spoil anything, I don't recall there being like a boss fight. It's not like there's an enemy, but there's it's just kind of there and it's looming and you're like, ooh, I don't know. But more of these your your real bad guys are the spikes and the the platforms and the water. <laughs> but yeah, this this pixel cloud did you uh did it did it frighten you? Did it, did it shake you to your very core when you first saw ooh an antagonist? Well, I I had a feeling that it was it was going to play play out somehow somehow like that, but the name Thomas was alone. But until I got when I got to a certain point, I realized, and this is why I deciding to do to split it like to stop it at. Um, chapter four was a great was a great great plan because it left me after finishing uh four point ten wanting to keep going, see where 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 things went because of how it ended at that point. Yeah, no, this next chapter is where things really start getting dark and I didn't even plan it like that. I just thought, well, there's ten, let's go halfway. <laughs> and it really was a good like stopping point for for a, ch- a check-in because I mean things things start getting pretty crazy as if this uh, story is anything to go off of. So shall I shall I talk about that final chapter? Yeah, because it absolutely devastated me near the end. <laughs> yeah, this I I mean it. This game like my the biggest thing I remember is that it is emotional, and I really do think I cried. <laughs> And it's they're not like it's um, just the fact that there's shapes and you're crying about shapes. <laughs> you're show, crying it, about shapes. It, show, it just shows the power of storytelling with even if just just simply the narrator. You actually, you no, know, it's mainly the narr- the narration and that without the narration, I don't think there would be that that sense of like of humanizing the characters. Or, yeah, like if this game feels like something that I would see on PBS in the 90s, early <laughs> 2000s, that, okay. that, that was originally made in Britain and was just like shipped over. Mm hmm. Like with the narration and everything, you mean? Yeah, Um. like if it was if it felt, felt like something that that would be like Paddington, like the. Sony, the 70s uh, Paddington series that was um, stop motion animated where, where there's no like there's a narrator and there's really that, that's really it there's no other voices by Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> there's just just the narrator well I guess that's voiced that's voiced um, yeah <laughs> or the one I brought one I brought I didn't actually bring up the name of it um, when we recorded the, uh, the most recent uh, Players Club, when, when I brought up station to station to station, um, there's a certain uh, there was a, a BBC, uh, not, not BBC, a, um, a 
there was a cartoon from the 70s or originally in the 50s then it came back in the 70s called Ivor the Engine I think I've heard of that and it's it's honestly one of the most it's probably it's probably the one thing I've watched like I've watched at least a certain episode because it just captures the whole slice of life and it's it's a Welsh uh like it's based in Wales uh, and it's all cart like all um it's very simply like very small production and it it just I mean it, it does it it probably makes sense considering that Mike Bithell is from is British that but I just feel like this is something that would be in that pantheon or not pantheon that 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 group of cozy um cozy experiences that like that would just make you feel like you're a kid again and just helps you just make brings can bring in the tears but can also make you chuckle and laugh yeah yeah i mean this would be it's it's a nice little story for like say a child to learn about <laughs> yeah well friendship and loss <laughs> yeah and and to to kind of go back a little bit to what you were saying like i mean one of my questions was isn't it crazy how this game brings you to care about something as simple and and dumb as as shapes <laughs> colorful shapes but like you said if this didn't have the narrator this could be sold as like like the uh was it the impossible game or something that one that's just like a side scroller jumping over you're a square jumping over triangles like it could just be shape platformer but because you have that narration and that that story foundation you you're given this crazy personification of the the nothing that you're playing (laughs) and it's just really wild that like i mean i i hope that you cry and i hope that i cry again and that this is just like a real it ends really either sweetly or terribly or whatever it's gonna be (laughs) and i'm just kind of like wow again because that was definitely how this game left me many years ago and it's just one of those special experiences moving platforms over water eh Claire's newly heightened senses told her that there were multiple paths across with various possible configurations of the little posse. They were doing really well. Claire hoped she could get them all across. John was fully aware he could do this alone. Thomas hoped he'd never have to. So to go to our final chapter that we have played here called Purge in the opening cutscene, like I had said, we're told that Thomas is special. He doesn't want the pixel cloud around anymore and vows to do something. But before the next level comes, he is swept away by the cloud. Chris even misses him and feels guilty for bringing Lara and the cloud around. He falls through space in that aforementioned level that just just falling it was kind of like um i don't know what that's like downwell is that that the game 
that's like just kind of falling and you have to dodge stuff. Yeah. Also, there's that particular type of uh, structure, like that type of level. Uh, the one thing, like it, it's been, it's a, it's a type that's been, it's a, at this point, a, a trope in, your, True. In, in certain video games. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit cliche for, for platformers, but back then, back then, however, back in the back in the early, the olden days of 2012, <laughs> 2012. um, it was not over as overused as it is now. True. Games were fresh back in the old days of 2012. Everything was new. They were authentic. <laughs> we were still making animated Disney princess films. <laughs> Remember those kids? Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Chris even misses him, feels bad. He falls through space and is also swept away. A couple levels later, Lara is swept away. Claire and John work together alone. Finally, after a frantic race from a wall of spikes, Claire is swept away, eaten, and John is alone. No audience for the first time in a long time, because John is John is seen as like a performer, and his being alone affects him rather uh, rather greatly. And then he too was eaten in our final level. Our cast of characters lost to time. And how did Alan feel after that? Oh, happened? I uh, I was feeling pretty pretty dang pretty dang sad. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. It's I'm trying to think of other games that really have like a I mean back in the day of Final Fantasies and stuff. I mean you still have Final Fantasies, obviously, but just these games that have like a party that really goes around with you and to just think of like every one of them <laughs> Halo Reach, every one of them not <laughs> not making it. <laughs> at least at least how we're how we are right now, it sure looks bad. But hopefully things can be turned around. Um did you did you go ahead at all? Or did you like stop it right there? So I um hold on, let me check my Steam achievements, see if it I began invert and then uh, I, I began invert, but then immediately before I even got a head chance to do anything, I just like it, it loaded in level and I just immediately just backed out and or quit, quit the game and just. Yeah. OK, but I will say so. I bounced on Laura a hundred times. Oh, nice. Part of the problem. <laughs> Is that an achievement? That's a Steam achievement. Bounce part of the problem. Bounce on Laura a hundred times. That's awesome. Yeah, Anoth that is part of the. You are part of the problem. <laughs> and another, another, um, and and this actually goes if you look up the achievement, um, experience jumper, jump sixteen hundred times. Oh wow! It's basically just, it, it's two, um, jump like tr like, two two arcs, like two jumping arcs. Okay. And it's basically it's what I was saying earlier. So you didn't get that yet, right? What uh, jump sixteen hundred times? Yeah. No, I did. Oh my goodness! I mean, I guess I get that, and especially if you like. Well, a lot of times I was just either just because I was because I didn't know what to do with a certain amount of these. 
I was just just bouncing around, seeing what, seeing, like, as you said, throwing everything at the, at the wall and see what stuck. So, obviously, I was gonna, I was gonna see, I was gonna see what what worked and what didn't work, the, the whole trial and error. I guess so. To include another one of my questions, be going off of this, it, I'm I'm getting I'm getting specific, so you may not remember it. But do you recall a level where I think it's one where he was like, "Oh, there's multiple ways to go at this," and he was like, "John knew that he could do this, no problem." Like I think it was the the Claire, John, and maybe Thomas, and there's like three different beds of water, and you just had to like jump across. Do you remember this one at all? Um, is well, okay, so would this be the one where, um, I would say it was 2.8. I don't know if you have like your thing in front of you. Um, I, th- I think actually, I accidentally looked at the, um, accidentally looked at this, the community content and I now wish I had didn't. No, stop. No, no, I, I, I didn't see anything spoiler. I just saw, I, I saw the text of, a react like just a YouTube thumbnail. Thankfully, it wasn't spoilery, but okay, good. God, that would have killed me. <laughs> yeah. And then Alan was Justin from the podcast. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't remember. I think it was the one where you're you're bouncing on Laura, um, as three of the the other characters, and there's like it's the one where there's um. The thin, like there's the water, but the um the gap is noticeably small, so or not that not that not that not that big, like not that wide. Oh yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Is that the one where you like have to hit a button and then it makes it wider? I think so. Yeah, I mean I don't even remember what my initial question was, but that one was crazy too. <laughs> uh, your initial just... your initial question was the one where the narrator says there are multiple ways if there are about about one where there are multiple ways right. to get around said puzzle. Right. Yeah. I mean I just I just wanted to had you remembered it, I was just gonna be like, how'd you do it? But I mean it was it was an interesting thing and it showed how how there really are multiple ways. I mean, like John had, can bound these big distances so he could obviously jump over every bed of water and just make it to the end. But then you could go back and you could see, well, there are places you could use him. And I think with like Thomas, I had him basically ride Claire through the water <laughs> and then make it to the other side. And it's just like, there's all these interesting things or, or like I said, she can just bounce across the water. She doesn't even need to, to bring anyone for a ride. It's just, there's, there's so many ways with these puzzles. And, and I think that that's really cool. It adds this level of put your own personality into it, your own thought. Like I'd love to see a speed run on this game. I I've never seen one. I'm sure they're, they exist, but to just see how some people do it. And definitely if, if there's bits like glitches with collision, like we said, and sliding off of things, people, people can use that to their advantage in speed runs all the time. So I bet that, that some of them would look really crazy and I'll definitely have to look some of those up. Well, actually, why well, since you mentioned it, it was actually the, um, it was the, the end of, it was 4.10 where i think i think it was 4.10 
um, where I had actually I did have a certain certain bug that happened. Okay. So you know how um, you had to jump you had, you had to jump on a bunch of the platforms that would then um, each go separate like they're each go the opposite way. So they they form up, they space out. Yes, yes, I do remember that. A certain part I, I had to, I was I was having trouble with because I would jump and I would get stuck on on the wall or I would get stuck stuck on the wall of part of, of a different part of like a different platform. And yeah, there's there's there are some there are some odd physics mm-hmm. with this game, but that actually made it more like it made it made it actually much more exciting time because they're like the way the way physics work in this game are not how are not how they work in another game that would be like this and i think it's i think that's the secret sauce of the of the game's success that it just feels so like kind of beginner in terms of game design uh not even no, I wouldn't even say that. It's just that it's so... You don't have the issue of... Or you have these preconceived notions of how the different shapes will behave physics-wise. And then you're just completely... It's just... you're completely, The whole thing is completely subverted. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I think... Some of the best games are <laughs> some great games are broken like from the start <laughs> and they they rely on on some glitches to just be more fun. And I mean, I don't remember a lot of glitches in my first playthrough, but that can be console specific. And it, I mean, honestly, this was a this was not the same engines that you would see today. It's a 10 year old game engine. So I think I think I use Unity, but like I don't know which one, and I don't know how much knowledge he had in terms of making these. I mean, you make a platformer; it can be pretty simple, but also you can have just anything go wrong. So I mean, I think that is like you're saying it. It adds to that fun of, well, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I'm just gonna start running and hopefully, uh, and start jumping. And, and hopefully make it to the end and then you mess up. Okay. We'll try something different. And uh, like we've said, there's so much variation with these characters that it can make just so many different ways to tackle the problem. And it all comes together into this really entertaining thing. <laughs> it's just, it's just a lot of fun to like, it's like a big experiment. It really is. It's just, it's just experimenting with the stuff that you're given. And that's the best kind of puzzle game, I feel. Thomas did not like the cloud. He'd long since stopped listing his observations, but he instinctively observed that this thing was bad. And he'd been right about the water. So looking at what I have, I mean, we basically... you tackled most of the questions that i had um i was gonna ask you what was the hardest and most unforgiving puzzle (laughs) that you faced but probably like the glitchy ones am i right (laughs) or is there one that really like stuck in your head that was crazy so 
it was actually the one I it was the one I um I like I stopped on Steam Deck with and then picked back up on my PC with uh four point three. Four point three. I'm gonna look that one up just to see if I recall that one. So it's it's the one where you have to you have to do a lot of trial and error. So it like it has as you start um Oh yeah, this yeah. one. I'll, I'll briefly, briefly explain it. You got John on one side in his own little area. And I cut cut off from everyone else. Right. And then you're given Laura, Claire, and Chris. But Claire can't jump very well. And I mean, honestly, neither can Chris. But he's got to use her. I mean, they both have to use Laura to get up onto a platform. Chris has to use Claire to jump up onto another, his own little, like everyone's on their own little path. And it also utilizes, as I'm seeing, that that crazy thing where you have to kind of risk it all by letting Claire get as far off of a platform she can without falling to make her jumps farther. Which is like, can be wicked hard. Well, actually, that's that's actually the thing that I. I kind of had I had the. I just had the the feeling I I just had this kind of Zen moment of, or just this this realization that if this were a modern game, like because you can have um, you can have Claire at the point where if it were, if it were a modern game, she just fall off because of that's how that's how the physics would be, mm-hmm. and like um, it, certain the platforming actually with uh. Claire in this in, in that particular one, it, it reminded me of actually okay to just say this about the entire game the whole it reminded me of something I'd see on an ancient console like oh like an Atari type game that yeah <laughs> or even uh, Magnavox Odyssey like there are some, oh there God. are certain it has the bleeps and the bloops yeah yeah no this game could definitely have been made in like the the pong era <laughs> and it would have fit in just fine i'm sure it wasn't like i said with the engine i'm sure it wasn't really pushing it to its limits in terms of what it can do and i i even wrote in my notes that the the platforming feels kind of floaty but simultaneously it just feels right like i really don't have a problem with how at, at least on ps4 i was noticing my button presses felt a little delayed but it's one of those things where you kind of fall into, okay, I get how this works. I just have to like hold the button down a little longer or something. And it's just, you just get into this mode and you're able to, to play it just fine. It just takes a little, takes a little bit. Yeah, a little I don't bit. know if it's like, um, it was, a, it was similar on uh PC. Okay. And just going back briefly to the, um, I don't know if it was a, if it's a bug or just how the game is. There's a there's a part with um, John, Claire, and Laura where you have to um, you have Claire jump on Laura, and then you have John jump on jump off a platform like a kind of like a like a wall platform. Mm-hmm. Onto Claire, who is simultaneously bouncing on Laura, find a way to jump, like to find a way to bounce or jump off Claire, yes. who is bouncing off, and it just 
I was I was noticing that I, as soon as I jumped, like if I tried to jump off, one like upon like after landing, I couldn't really do that. Yeah, your jump wouldn't be as high if you gave it too long. Like the collision there was weird. Yeah, like I, it's not even that it wouldn't it wouldn't be wouldn't be too long. I I just could not could not jump at certain 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 points. I just was not an option. Oh, weird. And that makes you question it. That leaves yeah. you sitting there like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Yeah, like is is this part intended? Like is this intended by? By the developer, or like, is like, is this intended? Like, yeah, like, is it intended, or is this just a glitch that was happening from that happened in the process of translating it over to the different platforms? Yeah, and I remember there are certain ones like you'll you'll find a lot in this game. There's like stepping stone ones where you kind of have to you, you gotta line John up because he's the longest and then or the tallest and then you got thomas and then you've made stepping stones for chris and 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 i found so many times like you feel like you're you're cheating by going about it some different way oh yeah definitely you'll you'll spend extra long on it and then you've bypassed a large portion of the puzzle that you could have and should have done but you're like screw it I went my way <laughs> and, and it's just like, it kind of rewards you in the end. You feel, you feel great for, for finding a different path. Oh, it's just so cool. I'm like really excited that it, and, it feels so good to talk about this. And not even that the, um, like something else that we did, we didn't really talk about the, the, the variations on this, on the stone, the stuff, like the, the, the buttons, for example, how 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 it just introduces them as um yep doesn't matter who or or any any if you can make it there with this with whatever character you can you, you can press the button oh really if you can make it there with anyone you could press them um at least at least the when they're first introduced the I got you like the white ones yeah the white ones but then there are the Certain ones, um, or after after a certain point, they it just becomes you have to color associated or character associated ones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the white ones, you can just yeah, whoever's yeah. gonna make it easier for you, just go for it, and that that opens it all up. I remember there's one level that I thought was really fun where you just kind of throw all of them into a pit, and then you just kind of bounce. I think you keep Lara at the bottom. And then whenever someone goes off and presses a button, she falls a little deeper. The pit goes deeper. And then it's like, all right, now we're going to go to the right side. And for a couple of those, you're just like, oh, anybody could try this branched off path to get to the button. And it just made everybody feel like they were a part of something. (laughs) And, And it's just so great. Like you even in those moments where you're just playing a puzzle game, like the narration, it was there, but now it's quiet. You're just getting that music like you you just feel like you're overcoming a goal with a team even though they're just shapes (laughs) did you um did you keep like the sound on or did you find that getting annoying at some point you know as much as i at some points i didn't i was i was getting a little fed up with it i did not turn it turn it down at all 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty good ambient noise. I think I did turn, I turned the uh, sound effects down because that that last sound whenever people make it to the end and they get in their places, that transition sound can be kind of loud and annoying. But otherwise, I kept that music pretty good and and you just kind of fall you get you get lulled into it it's very very uh standard puzzle game music that works with the the environment thomas could tell chris was in love and that was fantastic and everything but that didn't mean they could let the doom cloud keep following them thomas was going to put his foot down once they got to the next level um yeah i mean i guess my final question for you which sounds corny but it needs to be asked uh who's your favorite character so far um john okay because of his all the world's a stage attitude uh that and well i'm i i i saw the i got a preview of the character of who starts off the next hit the the other half of the game so yes uh james is that his name um i don't know all i all i know is that it just says like i I, i'm i'm just he's uh viridian green so yes so what you think that you'll enjoy him i might because of the his uh power like his ability could could actually it presents a i didn't actually play as the character yet all i saw was the character but that particular style i'm assuming based on the based on the the chapter name i have a feeling I'm, i might like that yeah it's very reminiscent of uh is it VVV VVV? You know, that's actually one I've not I've never played that game. Me neither. I think uh Josh has a video up on the YouTube channel from a lot of time. a whole let's play, I believe he did. Yeah. Of it. But I've still never played it. That's another one that's like on every platform and I think even mobile. And I just have never touched it. But it's got that as as this chapter says, inverse type of gameplay and yeah this should be an exciting exciting back half so i mean i guess my favorite would probably be claire i think her story is really fun and it's just kind of like it she, she seems the most like excited about whatever their journey is even though she's kind of under this guise that she has superpowers, but like, whatever, whatever gets you through it. And I'm, and of course I'm partial to Thomas because he just, I don't know. He's kind of our main character in a way, but I mean, they all are, they all work together well. So, but yes, I'm very happy that you are on this journey with me. I, I hope that some people listening are also on the journey and that we will have this wrapped up soon. So my plan, I mean, we're recording this a little later than I had said, we're doing this Wednesday night. I'll probably have this available up Friday at the very latest. And then my thought is I might even push it out till next Sunday. I'll probably end up making a tweet about it that will go until the following Sunday. 
So that would be perfect. And then we'll probably take a break for a little bit before we do another one of these. But I'm just happy it's up and running. So, Alan, thank you for joining me. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you, of course, for for playing. I'm happy that you were able to. It's a shame Josh wasn't able to with his whole thing going on. But I hope that this gets people to want to play this game because it's definitely one that stands the test of time and is a a true indie classic. So, yes, again, I have been Graydon. This has been the Indie Book Club. I should have some kind of fun sign off. But, uh, yeah, let's get back to the game. (laughs) And we'll see you around.